o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Great conversation, as always, with Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes, who has not had the chance to talk to Coach Prime just yet. There were two ships passing in the night. Mark was in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. doing the the Buffs and Washington Huskies on Sunday when Coach Prime was in Boulder, and then Coach Prime went back to Jackson to get ready for... Pick up his the, luggage? <laughs> mean his uh, Louis Vuitton luggage? Yeah. Of course. See, I always thought he said it's loaded, not it's Louis in that clip. Right. I'm bringing my luggage and it's loaded. That's what I thought he said. Apparently, I'm incorrect. Which I thought that as well. It's like, okay, that... Because that makes sense, but then... Yeah. Dion primetime saying it's Louie. That also makes sense, right? That yeah, it does. fits the brand of Dion Sanders, Coach Prime. He he's not a humble man. Let's just no. he's got to be honest about that. He's not a humble guy. But but there's there's almost there's there's times when people like that they're they're so they're so over the top. Yeah, you just kind of laugh about it, like mm-hmm. okay. And for the majority of his professional football career, yeah, and baseball career, and more football than baseball, but. I mean, still, he, he was a major league baseball player, and it wasn't and, like he yet, was a fourth outfield. He was no, a guy. He was, he was a, a dude. Guy. Yeah, you know. I mean, was he one of the best outfielders in baseball? And because like, he wasn't particularly great no, hitter, really. but he was good enough to play major league baseball. You know, I mean, the, he got six hundred and forty-one games. I mean, the, the guy that always still well, obviously Bo Jackson, but mm-hmm. the, the other guy that I don't think gets enough credit, Brian Jordan. Yes. Brian Jordan was a really good baseball player. Uh, Dion's teammate in he, the Falcons, on the Falcons. Yeah. And he was a pretty good defensive back. Yeah. Was safety. And and Brian, I don't think Brian Jordan gets the credit for He was pretty good at both. Two, half of the Falcons secondary at one point yeah. were major league baseball players. Exactly. <laughs> That's not bad. But I just think when, when you talk about Dion, I mean, he's, you know, the coach prime thing and all that stuff. It's just who he is. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you're a Buffs fan mm-hmm. and they win, you don't care about that stuff. That's what we talk about the Broncos. Russ can be who Russ is. Yeah. As dorky and quirky and weird as he is. If you win, nobody cares. Right. Nathaniel Hackett with his rah-rah kind of nobody. If you win, nobody cares. It's it's eccentric. eccentric it's different. It's quirky. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Nobody cares if you win. You lose, yeah. Then all of a sudden, oh, what's then the, what's the deal with this guy? Right. What's up with this guy? I, and Dion wasn't like he's not Aaron Judge or Nolan Arenado or anything, but he he's career two sixty three hitter, which is not bad at That's all. Not bad, especially now. Back in yeah. the late eighties, early nineties, it was like, oh, you're a little subpar. Yeah. But now you take that. I mean, three hundred and fifty two strikeouts, five hundred and fifty eight hits, seventy five percent. Yeah. Steals, 186. I mean, was he Bo? No. No. But he wasn't bad. I he think was... he had a longer career than Bo. Yeah, uh, you believe he did, yeah. At least in the majors. And so I, I just I just think in the case of Sanders, like like Mark was talking about, he's such a unique mm-hmm. entity. Bo played we... forty more games than Dion yeah. at the major in major league yeah. level. But obviously, but Dion played way more football though yeah. than, but than he, Bo. You're right. He's he's unique. Like his highlights from ninety one, ninety two, ninety three are still played. They're still making their way around social media. Watching him high step ten yards from the end zone on a yeah. kickoff return or a pick six. There's one that sticks in my mind, and I mentioned this earlier in the week. He's at like his own forty eight. With the punter and two more guys to beat for the other team, and he's already high stepping because he knows because he not knows gonna he's catch gone. Me. You're and not going to catch me. That's the thing about Deion Sanders and his. I'm bringing on luggage, and it's Louie. Like there's a there's a certain level level where you can be the, just the absolute no humility at all, right? And it's not it's not too much because he backs it up. Well, and and here's the thing that we. When we talked with Mark last hour, and don't forget, you can always go to our website, get the full three hours mm-hmm. after the show's over, 
Plus, you can just find the interviews of the individual interviews themselves at our website, theteam1340.com. We also need to make your picks for Pile Pig Skin Pick'em, powered by Kisner Motors, but also the individual interviews at our yeah. Twitter feed and our Facebook page. But Mark talked about the number of national companies that have reached out to the University of Colorado Marketing Department. Mm-hmm. And so the other day, Rick George was like, well... We'll find the money somewhere to pay all these guys. And people were like, oh my gosh, they don't have the money. It'll be well, fine. Guess what? They're going to have the money. Because they're, they're what he said, what, 40 or 50 different companies? Yeah, something like that. And and, and so that's, they have an interest in sponsoring, being mm-hmm. involved in University of Colorado football. And we talked about Jeremy Bloom, right? And how he had a small part in facilitating Rick George calling Deion Sanders. He put this out Tuesday on Twitter. Just spoke to CU's ticket department about getting a box. There's a long wait list. Maybe the longest ever. So don't worry about finding the money to pay Prime. Yeah, it'll be okay. It's going to work out. Yeah. A nice picture of Jeremy Bloom with... With Primetime. With with Coach Prime. It's a good-looking suit that Coach Prime was wearing, by the way, too. That was a real solid... And you know what? Real understated for Prime. Yeah, exactly. Very solid suit. The black and gold and white tie oh it's good luck and i don't know who i was listening to but somebody mentioned it maybe it could have been this show i don't know uh <laughs> glad you occasionally to, go back to pay attention check. to what, what i we grazed about. in and out you know this sure but like here by the end of his contract if he fulfills this current deal at cu the players he's going to be recruiting are going to be born after he retired but the parents are going to remember oh, me. Of course they will. The parents right now are my age, right? Knocking on the door, yeah. 40, right around 40. Yeah, late 30s, early 40s. You know, we were 10, 11, 12, prime watching years, no pun intended, of the NFL with prime time. So that carries a lot of sway, too. He's going to win the living room battles because he's Deion Sanders, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. How many dads across the country with kids that play high school football are going to be like, wait a minute. Deion Sanders. You can the play kids are going to be like, who's this old man? And with then this dad sits down and finds highlights of Deion Sanders. Rock. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I, th- I think I want to go play for yeah. this guy then. And I agree with Mark. We didn't get, we had to run. We had a loaded last hour. But, you know, when Nick Saban calls and talks to you, that's one thing, right? That's. Maybe the greatest coach in college football history talking to you, wanting you to come there. When you get on the phone with Deion Sanders, that's different. You know, like, Nick Saban's a great coach, but he's a coach. He's only a coach. Like, Deion Sanders, especially if you're, you know, a top recruit, he can actually talk like he's been in your shoes because he has been. You know, and just looking at... Some of the guys, I mean, the transfer portal's already been been pretty busy. Yeah, there's only like 1,100 guys in the transfer portal. Yeah. And so I, I just think that, you know, with the, with the talent that he already brings, with Travis Hunter, mm-hmm. Shadur, his, his son, other son, Shiloh, that, you know, it's... Who didn't want him to go to Boulder. <laughs> so there's, there's that, too. Yeah, but... Dad's dad's gonna do what dad's gonna right. do, and he can. So I, I don't know if Shiloh's coming. That's the thing. Yeah. Is well, we we assume that he still will yeah. probably end up coming. But yeah, I know I know Shiloh was not. Uh, you know what? No offense to Shiloh. It's but, not really uh, up to you, kid. Shador is the one. You. Yeah. You know. I do love the fact that oh Shiloh doesn't want him to go to CU, and then in his press conference, Dion is. My other son may be mad, so I left him home, and it was Shiloh. <laughs> Don't blame him. It's great. Yeah. And, and like, like I've said before about Sanders going back to coach Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl, I I, I applaud that. I wish, I wish coaches would finish the job. Mm-hmm. Finish your job. Because you're building the staff. You're going to have staff guys that are going to be able to, to manage some of these things while you're gone doing this job to, to finish right. for the kids that you are coaching this year, finish the job. 
by coaching them in the bowl game. And he's got enough guys on his staff at CU to handle the quote-unquote head coaching role for three weeks, right? Right. Lewis, Kelly, Zimmer, whatever role he might end up holding for the the football department. There's plenty of guys in there that have been that CEO type. Even if, yes, it's Kent State, which talent-wise is probably a little better than CU right now, even though CU is a Power 5 school. So he has guys. It's not like he's got to go, you know, he really has to do both at the same time, even though he said he could. But he's got enough guys to where if he's got to take four days at Jackson State and not worry about anything Buffalo's related, he can. Well, the quick CU note that we didn't get a chance to talk with Mark about was at the uh, the National Football Foundation Awards dinner that was in Vegas earlier this week mm-hmm. that um, Rashawn Salam posthumously inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. His mother was there. Of course, uh, sadly, uh, he took his own life at the age of 42, but uh, inducted into the, the College Football Hall of Fame. So congratulations to his family on uh, that honor for Rashawn Salam. Also, you know, the first big commit was the other day, Jordan Hall, 6'8", 330-pound tackle from Kip Columbus High School. And he had been committed to Jackson State previously. Is that Christopher's son, Kip Columbus? I, I don't know. It's K-I-P-P, all in caps. So that's your neck of the woods. So you, you, you know more about it than I do, nah, I potentially. I, that was just a discoverer joke. And so, um, anyway... Two players who committed to see you under the former staff, um, they decommitted. Edward Schultz, Mission Bayo, California receiver there. Safety, Adrian Wilson from Keller, Texas. So, some guys coming in, obviously. Some guys mm-hmm. going other places after uh, Deion Sanders' very uh, um, fiery speech to the Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah. They were I'd, still around. I'd love to see how many guys stick around. I do, and too. how many of those guys end up playing. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm I'm curious to see how that that works out. If there's enough of them that that stick around and decide to, I, I think for a guy like like Shroud, he's going to move on. Mm-hmm. If you're TJ Shroud, why would you stay? Why? Yeah, why Shadur would Sanders you is going to be the quarterback of this team. You are not going to be playing, sir. Right. I mean, John Matoka's got to graduate eventually. JT can <laughs> go to School of Mines, right? There you go. Was he? He's on his second contract. John Matoka at Mines, right? He's Second contract. Nine-year nine year player there, feels like. No, COVID plays a role in that, too. Yeah. Makes it feel like guys are there I longer. was in high school when he started. John Matoka was a, a freshman. All right, text to call the show today, 970-242-1340. Got a few coming in today. Uh, from Mike in Scottsdale, listening on the mobile app. Good morning, muchachos. We can't believe that McDonald's closes at 10 o'clock either. That's pretty late. Sincerely, the McDonald's of Sun City, Arizona. After listening to Benedict Roth yesterday, I hope the Buffs running up against the Rams. He makes me want to break stuff. Mike, it's he's he's a CU alum, and I understand where that that drives you crazy. But he gets paid to talk about the Rams, right. and so when shouldn't you're paid, watching the Buffs football team make you want to break stuff. Too? <laughs> yeah, shouldn't that already be the mindset you're? Yeah, you have watching Colorado play. I got a great number in four down territory. Speaking of bus football, coming up, that's a tease for about twenty five minutes from now. So you got Larry from Clifton this morning. Uh, Alabama starting running back went into the portal and is asked to come to Colorado. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Uh, let's see. It'd be great to watch CU Hard Knocks. It would be. I would love to watch that. And well, Pac-12 Dion, has kind of their own yeah. version of that. But Dion also, I think he films himself for some sort of documentary. He has one at Jackson State coming out this week, maybe next week. So maybe there's one for CU. We got one from Robert today. The New York Yankees got a bargain with Aaron Judge. Not to be confused with Arson Judge. Or as he call him Alex Judge. <laughs> or Alex Judge. And he corrected. He said I yes. meant Aaron Judge. We compared to Aaron Rodgers. Would the team prefer to be tackled every once in a while or have a 90-mile-an-hour pitch thrown at you most of the time? Oh, the pitch. 
in terms of just uh, of of that particular thing, yeah, because yeah. it's only an accident them throwing at me. Yeah, I, I'd probably. I'd, it's I would not agree. an accident getting tackled. I would agree with that. Uh, great to have Brittany coming home. Stop the arrest and stop the drug testing in regard to marijuana. Have a grand day, team. Well, that's that's something going on over there, and you know, and you're I think Robert's addressing that here, and you know, that's certainly we've we've talked about before mm-hmm. how how this country views marijuana use, particularly for athletes, yeah, for pain management for for NFL players has changed dramatically, and and I think understandably so and should be that some players find it it's it's better they they find it better to use marijuana mm-hmm. to manage their pain than opioids and we know what what an incredible disastrous crisis yeah. opioids you know the, the the horrible impact it's had on this country and and for guys like like Nate Jackson the played for the Broncos mm-hmm. he's become a very big advocate for that Jake Plummer Jake Plummer as well former Bronco uh and speaking of the contract with the Yankees I'd much rather be Giancarlo Stanton get paid twenty nine million dollars to hit two eleven than be Aaron Rodgers. Very true. Although is my ayahuasca free? That might tip the scales. And that's a whole different. That's a whole different thing. Different drug of a yeah. different um, usage, shall yeah. we say? And then what we're talking with marijuana. Do I get to play summers in New York City or winters in Green Bay? I'll take summers in New York. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Uh, one from yesterday from Paul. Throw it in the microwave here. Guys, Peyton, this is talking about George Peyton. Peyton's got a house in Malibu, and the Chargers are tired of unrealized expectations. The Chargers have Justin Herbert and draft choices and sun in an ocean. What do the Broncos have? Oh, talking about Sean Peyton. I'm sorry, not George Peyton. Sean Peyton. Yeah, he's talked about wanting to go to a warm weather city, Sean Payton. And, and Sean Payton would have to be okay where he goes to. He's going to want mm-hmm. want to have to, you know, he's going to have the desire, need to have the desire to go to wherever the Saints are going to trade his rights to. That's not just a, we're going to trade you and that's it. Right. It's different than trading a player. And even then they, they try to accommodate guys with their veteran players whenever possible the chargers draft capital is in a lot better shape than the broncos absolutely that's gonna be a big role too at some point if they're gonna move on and move sean payton's sure rights and and look mike mccarthy looks like at this point in time that sean payton's not a you know in the you know a looming shadow over his job right now because of the way the cowboys are playing mm-hmm. and so yeah i think sean payton you know, Paul makes a lot of sense to go to the Chargers if they can't. Really, I mean, Brandon Staley, I think, has done has done a good job there. But Sean Payton has the ability to maybe get that team to being toward the top of the AFC. Is there a coach that can go in there and not make that team underperform? The Chargers is that Sean Payton? I would like to think he. I mean, they were would. a trendy Super Bowl pick this year. Yes, they, they may not make the playoffs. Yeah, they're they're fighting to get into the playoffs. Yeah, he could be the difference there. He certainly was the difference in New Orleans. Yeah, I think they're outside looking in on the standings. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. for the playoffs. All right, eight nineteen. Some sound from yesterday's uh, press conferences leading up to, of course, uh, Sunday's game when the Broncos take on the Kansas City Chiefs. 205 kickoff right here on the team. Uh, here's Coach Nathaniel Hackett on the rivalry with Kansas City and the 13-game losing streak. That's the past for us. It's the now. Uh, it's a West opponent. It's a great rivalry that's been going on for years. Uh, very excited to be part of it. And uh, it's one of those things, you know, we have to show that we can win to make it a better rivalry. Uh, I mean, that, that's the starting point. And regardless of what your, your record is, it, it is a, a important game and it's a West game. So we'll take it that way. We've been in a lot of games and we got to continually battle. It's going to be a great test for both sides of the ball. All three. All right, here's Hackett. It's all hands on deck offensively against Kansas City. You even see last week 
we utilize Dulcich in some of those wide receiver roles, and so I think that getting Albert up is, is going to potentially help us. Um, we we, we got to, it's all hands on deck. <laughs> we got to get everybody out there to see what they can do and find the matchups that we can and uh, get that rhythm with however we can. So we're having Okuwegbunam siding this Sunday, maybe? Maybe. That's the way it sounds. Just run out there and get the tee on kickoffs, guys. <laughs> He'll be like the he'll be the kickoff kid. Yeah, kickoff kid. Uh, here's Justin Simmons on how important it would and how great it would be, and what's been a disastrous season to get a win against Kansas City on Sunday. You know, um, having a you know uh, kind of a losing skid in the last few games, and um, you know at this point in the year, man, it just feels so great to get a win. Um, and obviously against the Chiefs, you know, an AFC West opponent, um, they've obviously been you know at the top of the AFC West for a few years now, and so uh, this win would mean absolutely everything. Yeah, Denver's lost 13 straight to Kansas City. Wrap up yesterday with uh, Cody York, who we had on the program, covers the Broncos for Mile High Sports Radio. And his thoughts about the Broncos and Chiefs coming up on Sunday. Hard to imagine it's not going to be 14 straight games for the Chiefs if the offense can't put up any points. For me, it's can the Broncos' defense sustain how long they have to maybe sustain against Mahomes. And, and we even saw last year, the defense against the Chiefs was actually pretty dang good. But the reality is they couldn't score points. All right, so, by the way, Corlin Sutton looks highly unlikely to play Sunday for Denver with a hamstring injury he sustained against Baltimore this last Sunday. Pre-game at noon, 2.05 kickoff Broncos and the Chiefs this Sunday from Denver right here on the Team Sports Network. A couple of things to get to this morning. Jared Goff, remember when he got dealt to the Lions? And a lot of people like, oh, yeah. look, they're, they're going to have to draft a quarterback soon. That guy can't get it done. Yeah, he, he helped the, the Rams get to a Super Bowl, but but that's why they went out and got Stafford. He's a more you know, more dynamic playmaker at the quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. Well, Jared Goff right now says he feels like he's playing his best football of his career, and the numbers back that up. In terms of yardage, he's seventh in the league in yardage right now. 19 touchdowns, seven interceptions, over 3,000 yards. He's played really well for this Lions football team. He's got five games with his rating over 100, and one more at 98.9. I tell you, the Lions are building something. They've, they, for the first time legitimately mm-hmm. in a while, yeah. they've got something going. And we, and much as I laughed at Dan Campbell and his WWE-like annex early on, mm-hmm. he's got that team believing in him. Right. And that's huge. And, you know, when it comes to Wentz versus, or not Wentz, Goff versus Stafford, you know, maybe Stafford was the one to take that team over the top, but you take away Carson, or I don't know why I keep saying Carson. You take away Jared Goff's oh, Jared Goff, rookie okay. year, and then you take away his first year in Detroit, where they just they were not good last year. That's he's got a forty-seven and twenty-seven record. He's twenty games over five hundred. He was eleven and four, thirteen and three, nine and seven, nine and six, and they decided he wasn't good enough. You know, they obviously had great defenses there and Donald there as well, but still, you're right. His numbers weren't that bad. Right. He's 2-1 to one, <clears throat> touchdown to interception ratio. His career rating is 92. Yeah, it's, those you are know. all good numbers. Yeah. So, I mean, is he the guy to get the Rams over the top last year? Probably not. But is he a guy that is going to keep you in games more than people think? Probably, yeah. Yeah. All right, 824. Time to play the Piles' favorite game, which is... Yes, up for grabs today, as always on Thursday, a delicious case in New Belgium, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. First correct answer on the Chick-fil-A text line, 970-242-1340. I am the only coach in CU history to play in more than one bowl game and win all of my bowl games. I am the only coach in Colorado D1, CU, CSU, Air Force history, to have back-to-back 10-win seasons to start my head coaching career, who is it? All right. So, first uh, correct answer on the Chick Fil A breakfast team phone line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. You will get a case of New Belgium beer from High Country Beverage. All right. If you won the last two weeks, please sit it out. If you're uh, not twenty one or older, please sit it out as well. Mike Rice, eight fifty KOA Broncos Radio Network joins us next. And Mike's report brought to you by Modern Classic Motors and Gallagher's Flooring. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, 
the team. Time to get in the huddle with the Broncos Radio Network's Mike Rice on the team. And our conversation with Mike Rice brought to you by Gallagher's Flooring and Modern Classic Motors. Mike Rice joins us. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm well, Jim. Good morning to you guys. How are you doing? Doing okay. Find a little bit of a cold thing today, but uh, yeah. I'm trying to, you know, like every, everybody's been dealing with that, right? The last, it seems like, I don't know, three years, two years, whatever. Uh, been dealing with some kind of flu, COVID, something. Anyway, Mike, um, yesterday, uh, Nathaniel Hackett talked about facing Kansas City. Justin Simmons did that as well. And and Justin Simmons, you know, the, the point that he made was, that yeah okay it's it's been a difficult season the broncos are on a four game losing streak but what a, a a change in the direction of this football team uh, you know what how how remarkable that could be if they can end this 13 game losing streak to Kansas City Sunday odds are against them they're a 9 point underdog at home against the league's best offense but uh, in the case of the broncos they can find a way to to get this win Sunday it doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're going to be a playoff team but it could start to change the direction of, of this football team for Nathaniel Hackett. I agree with that, but the problem is, have we seen any evidence yeah. that the Broncos are, have any, any real hope to get it done? Now, we all know, you never know what happens on any given Sunday in the NFL. I mean, stranger things have happened, but this would be pretty strange. I think we could all admit that if the Broncos find a way to beat the Chiefs, that it, would, it will have been a different kind of day I mean, think of this, Jim. The Broncos are averaging 13.8 points per game. Do you realistically see them scoring 24 all of a sudden? I mean, it's possible, yes. But we've seen no indication that they're anywhere close. I I did think that the types of plays they ran, a little more boot, a little more under center for Russell Wilson in the last game against Baltimore, heavy more commitment to the run, were all good signs. Because that's the kind of offense that Russell Wilson needs to run, not a drop back and throw it 45 times. But, I mean, Kansas City's defense isn't exactly horrible. And the Broncos' offense, well, has been. I, I mean, I, I think this is easy money if you're a better to take, to take the, you know, lay the points and, you know, think Kansas City's going to win by 10. As I say that, you know, I'm probably locking it in for the Broncos to not only cover, but find a way to win, right? Right. Well, yes, yeah, it seems like how those things work out sometimes. Uh, Mike Rice, 850 KOA Broncos Radio Network with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett referenced Albert Okuwegbunam. So we could have a maybe a an Okuwegbunam sighting this Sunday because he's been a healthy scratch now the last several football games, but it sounds like there's going to be a chance we might see him on the field Sunday with Greg Dolchich. Yeah, I just don't understand. Uh, even if I don't understand why they haven't played him, I got to be honest. I mean, at this point, and even two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, you're sliding down the hill at breakneck speed, and he's a pretty good athlete. Now, he might not be interested in blocking. I don't know what the exact issues are, but you know, there was another tight end that wasn't interested in blocking. His name was Julius Thomas. Now, eventually they let him walk in free agency, but he still found a way to contribute. And when you're looking for answers offensively, why are you benching a guy with that kind of ability? I, I, again, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. Maybe it's completely justified, but i got to say it's more than a little curious uh, when, when your receivers are dropping like flies and you have at any given time in most games three of your top four receivers out for substantial lengths of time. So I hope we do see him. I hope he can make a difference. And if they decide to move on from him in the offseason, so be it. Uh, but they need somebody to step up and provide a spark offensively. Well, another, you referenced the the receivers the Broncos have lost this season. And Cortland Sutton injured his hamstring in the Baltimore game. And Nathaniel Hackett said yesterday, Mike, highly unlikely he's going to play. And that he's been... Well, there's been games that Cortland's kind of disappeared a little bit. He probably has been their their most consistent receiver throughout the course of this this campaign. Well, up until now, he's been of the top guys. He's been the most available, right? Judy had the injury early in the year, and now this most recent one, Hamler's just completely unreliable because of injury. And unfortunately, we all know what happened to Patrick in the in training camp. So, yeah, I I, I was I, I'm a little surprised that that Cortland is 
going to be able to go. I suppose we'll see how effective he is come Sunday, but hopefully he is because, I mean, let's face it, Jim, you know, Russell Wilson has not played well. We all know that. But he's also not had anything close to his full complement of weapons. And that affects a quarterback, just like not ha- I mean, having a patchwork offensive line with second and third teamers affects a quarterback negatively. You know, not having your dogs, so to speak, at receiver and in the backfield. I mean, the Broncos are going with two practice squad running backs, three if you count a Zigbo. Uh, and, and it's just, it's tough to average, you know, plus 20 points per game when you're playing those kind of guys behind a line that is basically held together by bailing wire and duct tape. We talked with uh, Mile High Sports Radio's Cody Rourke about this yesterday, Mike. The, the report out that Jake Heap, the the personal quarterback coach for, uh, for for Russell Wilson, former BYU quarterback, and he was on the on the roster with uh, with Russ when they were uh, together in Seattle. That that he's creating some kind of problem with the Broncos coaching staff and, 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 and interfering and Cody's like, this is a, it's a bunch of, you know, malarkey. That's not the case at all. He's not involved in any of those, those meetings with the, you know, with Clint Kubiak and Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Outen, that that's, that, that's a ridiculous thing. Here's, here's where we are now. We're throwing, we're Jake, Heap, we're, we're blaming a guy that's a quarterback coach, Russ's guy, for for some of these problems, it's it's like blaming the defense now for for losing at Baltimore. It's it's all of a sudden it's let's blame other things that really in the in the case of Jay Keep have nothing to do with why the why Russ has struggled and why there's the problems of this football team right now. I agree, and and this is what happens when you lose, Jim. Everything like this becomes an issue, and really they're not an issue because if if people were truly concerned, then when they traded for Russell Wilson, it would have been like, oh, you have your own quarterback coach? That could be an issue. I will say that the fact that it came out very early after the trade that Russ was going to have his office in in the Broncos headquarters building, some people pointed to that and said, uh-huh, that's an interesting one. So that would be a much more legitimate item, if you will, than than what Jay Keep is doing or not doing. Uh, Jay Keep isn't out on the field trying to play like Russell Wilson has normally played. I think it's more about, it's very clear that he cannot run the Hackett offense with any kind of um, consistency, consistent production. And, and I think it points to the fact that, and that doesn't mean he can't be a successful quarterback for the Broncos, but I think you got to get him under center more. I think you got to be committed to the run. I think you got to set a play pass, and I think you got to boot him out and let him use his skills a little bit because he still can run. It's not as if he's Tom Brady out there trying to be mobile. So I think it's more of those things than it is, you know, whatever Jay Keep might be saying or not saying. Yeah, exactly. And and, and I, th- I think that still, I think there's some validity to. Hackett got hired in the hope that Aaron Rodgers would come to Denver because it certainly seems like that that this offense was more tailored to what Rodgers likes to do and and not tailored to what Russell Wilson likes to do. It's like, oh, if it worked for Aaron, you know, they're both mobile guys, it'll work for us. And it just hasn't worked out at all. And they keep tweaking it. You mentioned the you know the, the the thirteen personnel, the three tight ends, they they you know formations they came out with last week against Baltimore. You know the offense under Clint Kubiak now as a play caller has actually gotten worse, or certainly not improved dramatically. But I mean, there's some scheme things like you mentioned. I think putting Russ under center more, more of a commitment to run. Those are positives that have been going on with with Clint Kubiak as the as the play caller, but. Yeah, I, I just think that you know now we're you know we're, we're blaming the defense that it's their fault that the Denver the Denver didn't win in Baltimore, which I just find ridiculous. Okay, yeah, they gave up a ninety-one yard drive to Tyler Huntley, but but come on, they lost ten to nine. That's that's on the offense. So so now it's Kansas City, Mike, with the with that that guy named Patrick Mahomes that uh, yeah. loves beating the Broncos and the, the top offense in the league. And I just think this is, boy, it's going to be tough for the Broncos to hang in uh, in this one on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, if the if the Broncos had to be perfect to almost beat Baltimore, what do they have to be defensively? What yeah. do they have to be against Kansas City? I and mean, they have to be miraculously playing out of their minds 
And, I mean, it just doesn't happen that way typically. And you have to get some kind of help from your offense, not only in terms of points, but even in just in terms of sustaining some drives to keep Mahomes off the field. I mean, if the offense does what it normally does, I mean, the Broncos were 2 of 12 on third down against the Ravens. Think of it this way, Jim. They scored with 28 seconds left. If the Broncos convert two or three of those third downs, they win the game just yeah. based on the fact that they eat up more time. Yeah. And the Ravens have less time. So, look, again, you go out and play the game, and you try and devise a game plan that you think can can beat a team. But anybody looking at this just from the outside, if the Broncos were to win, uh, then it takes something that you're not expecting. And I'm not, I don't want to speak an injury over a certain quarterback wearing red, but something like that where you just go, but even a, an injury to Lamar Jackson couldn't help the Broncos. Exactly. So, so I, yeah. you know, look, I, you know, l- let's hope they're able to keep it relatively close. Uh, and if they do, and it's a one possession game or a 10 point game in the fourth quarter, you know, maybe you get a turnover, quick score, on site. I mean, stranger things have happened, but. Somehow, some way, the Broncos have to prevent this from getting completely out of hand in front of the home crowd. All right, we'll have it this Sunday. Mike, we'll have countdown to kickoff, and that starts at noon here on the team with uh, Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Susie Wurgeon from Empower Field to Mile High at 2.05. Broncos looking to snap that 13-game losing streak to Kansas <laughs> City this Sunday on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, whoa. Mike, I appreciate it's brutal. it. It's, it's I mean, and, and think yeah. of this. Then they got to go. I mean, it could be 15 in the course of what three or four weeks. Yeah. Oh man, that's bad. Yeah, it's 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 been rough, and nobody thought it was going to be like this, Mike. Who? Nobody nope. thought it was going to be like this. Hey, I appreciate it, Mike. And uh, hey. of course, don't forget Mike's report coming up at 4:20 today, right here on the Team Sports Network. Thank you, sir. You got it, Jim. Thanks to you. Talk All soon. All right, Mike Rice, eight fifty KOA, Broncos Radio Network. All right, we. To have our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week coming up in just a few minutes. Let's go ahead and get to Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, so we had the big deal the other day where Aaron Judge stays in New York, the nine-year, $360 million deal to stay with the Yankees. Padres, they go out and make a well, big, big, quite a splash. That, according to MLB.com, last night, Xander Bogarts, longtime Red Sox shortstop, going to the San Diego Padres, an 11-year deal for $280 million. Contract features no opt-outs and a full no-trade clause for Xander Bogarts. So the Padres, how many shortstops do they need? Right. I did see something. Because Fernando Tatis Jr. now looks like probably going to be playing in the outfield. Yeah. Outfield or out of town in the near future when his deal comes up. And there's some outs in Manny Machado's contract, too, that make this make a little more sense. Not a lot. That's. And then the Red Sox, they spend as much on a couple, two different, you know, journeyman guys posted from Japan guys that equal the amount of money they offered Bogarts. It's just it's a little bit of a head-scratcher, to be honest. All right, second down. We find Mississippi State coach Mike Leach entertaining at times. Yes. But one of his now former players <laughs> does, does not. Uh, running back Dylan Johnson has decided to transfer. Johnson's a junior. He thanked God Mississippi State, his friends, family, teammates, and Bulldog fans. However, he chose not to to thank Mike Leach. Oh, he went the other time. way. He says, with that being said, and since I'm not very tough and Leach is glad I'm leaving, I'll be entering my name into the transfer portal the hopes of finding a more fit-playing environment for me. Thank you. Does it surprise you at all to learn that Mike Leach may be said to somebody's face he doesn't find them very tough? Not at all. Not the least bit shocking. Yeah, it That's what he for didn't me either. He locked what Craig James's kid in a yeah. shed when he was coaching what Texas Tech. Yeah, didn't he get sued over that? Yes, he got one sued of the reasons over it. they parted. Yeah, ways and then unleashed Cliff Kingsbury on everybody. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, uh, third down. We're now twelve games into the Broncos season. Here's how they shape up against CU and CSU on offense. Defense, different story. Offensively, total points this season through twelve games. 
Buffs lead the way, 185. Wow. Broncos, 166. And the Rams, sorry, Brian Roth, at 158. Time scoring at least 20 points this season. We talked with Brian Roth. Rams didn't do it. We're still waiting. Broncos have done it twice, and they are 1-1 one one in those games. The Buffaloes, four times they scored north of 20 points. And they went 1-11, but that's that's in the past, as Nathaniel Hackett's liking to say this week. <clears throat> you know, Chiefs have won 13 straight, but that's in the past, right? So there's that. And now third down's in the past, fourth down. Is Baker Mayfield maybe the quarterback of the future, quote-unquote, option for Sean McVay and whoever coaches the Rams after him? Because he may play this week. Yeah. How Stafford's many, done for the year, yeah. maybe done-done. Couple how, concussions in three weeks. How many opportunities is Mayfield going to get? I guess if it's going to work anywhere, it's going to work with Sean McVay, right? With yeah, with with Cooper Cup being there and that defense, and is I this just, the last yes. opportunity? Yes, I believe it is. And to start, probably. Yeah, to, to, start. to come in and be a starter. Yeah. yeah. To continue on the league as a backup, yeah, he'll he'll continue yeah. on. To start, this is his last opportunity. He may fall into the Jacoby Brissett area of perennial backup, starts when he needs to, you know. But I don't think he's going to be as consistent. His upper tier or his peak is higher than Jacoby's, but consistency level, I don't I don't think he's going to be a starter very much longer. I agree. All right, that's four down territory. We'll take a break. We'll come back with our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. That's next on the Jim Davis Show. Stay by the radio. You are listening to the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. It's the Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week on the team. And joining us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Plays basketball for the Central Warriors. She had a 19-point game in the Warriors' win against Pueblo County. Bryn Wagner joins us. Bryn, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Great start for your basketball team. Uh, a 3-0 start after a 20-5 and uh, campaign last year uh, for your Central Warriors. And for you, that 19-point that game against Pueblo County, uh, kind of take us through that basketball game because, look, you're, you're known for being a, a tremendous three-point shooter. But uh, you know, offensively, you had a, a solid game against Pueblo County. Kind of take us through that that the day that you had against uh, Pueblo County. Um, I think in the locker room, coach just really said focus on defense always c- carries over to offense. So I really took that to heart and took it seriously. And I feel like my defense really carried over to my offense that game. Bryn Wagner joining us, uh, Bryn. Uh, Certainly, when when you talk about uh, you know your ability to shoot from beyond the arc, you hit three threes uh, in that game. And w- where does where does that come from? Does it come from your dad, Taylor Wagner, coach at Colorado Mesa, being a uh, you know focusing on being a really good perimeter player? Where where's, what's the origin of that part of your game? Um, I really just enjoy shooting threes, but yes, I would definitely say it comes from my dad. He was a really good three point shooter in high school and college, so. It's, it's I guess the, that carried over. <laughs> it's, it's it's in the bloodlines, no doubt about it. That because uh, yeah. your sister Alex is a really good basketball player, but but you are of the two of you, I would say in, in calling your games the last few years, the, you are the better one of the uh, of the two of you in regards to three point shooting. So, who's the better three point shooter, your dad or you right now? Uh, definitely my dad. <laughs> I I dream of beating him someday. Um, in a three-point contest, but he is definitely a spot shooter. <laughs> is it getting closer? You getting closer to, to taking down the old man? Yeah, I feel like as I get older, and as he gets older, I'm getting closer. <laughs> but and by the time that you're you know, maybe playing college basketball, you're going to have that guy's number. You're going to have you're going to you're going to have scoreboard on your dad. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I know uh, we we talked with Mary Doan, your head coach, and. Uh, Mary's, you know, obviously happy with the three and zero start, and that's talking about the the defense for your basketball team. And you, you mentioned that the coach Doan had had mentioned that in the Pueblo County game that she just feels like as, as good as the numbers are, they could be better. And I'm sure you and your teammates feel like 
yeah, we're, we're playing pretty good defense, but we could be a whole lot better. What areas do you feel like have to improve on that side of the year and, and that you know part of your game for this team to be a, a Southwestern League champion and a team that can make a really deep run in the 4A postseason? Yeah, um, I think we're undersized, so we really just have to communicate and talk and just be super active on defense. And like I said earlier, that carries over to our offense. I mean, we're fast. We like to push the ball. So, um, yeah, I think communication is our big one. I know one of the things that the Coach Stone talks about, Brent, is that the, just the number of, of, of shooters that you have in this team. As you referenced, not not a very big basketball team. You don't have a Sasha Riscoe. don't have a, a big post player like you've had the last couple of years. But uh, with Christina Manzanares, yourself, uh, you know that there's been you know Bailey Ritterbush, uh, that there's you know Leanna Bryant. I mean, there's team there are players in this team that love to shoot the basketball, and so in a way that's a big plus, right? Because if if they key on Christina, there's gonna be opportunities for you. They key on you. They they double you. There's gonna be opportunities for her or or maybe Bailey Ritterbush or somebody else in your basketball team or or Jasmine Hernandez as well. Yeah, that's super true. If they leave someone open, I mean, we can all shoot. So, yeah, I I feel like we are a very good um, shooting team. Bryn Wagner, she's our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. Plays basketball for the Central Warriors basketball team. Off to a three and zero start this season. A twenty and five record last year. Six and two in league play, and 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 losing that to Fruit of Monument last year for the the league title. And and I know that you know you, your basketball team. You have a lot of goals this year, but that's got to be one of your goals this year is to, is to win the SWL. Yep. I think it's always been, since my freshman year, I think that's been a big goal of ours. So um, I think it's super possible. So hopefully we can do it. Why do you feel like this is the year that you can do it with this basketball team? I just feel like we're super mature this year. I mean, we do have a few um younger players but i feel like we are all just super mature and we all want it we all have that drive and want we're talking with bren wagner the central warriors girls basketball team she's our scotty's complete car care center athlete of the week you know and bren look at your roster i mean we talk about you guys contending for a league title this year came up just short against fruit of monument last year to win the league title but i mean you look up and down your lineup i mean you're a junior Got uh, you know Bailey Ritterbush is a senior, Leanna Bryant's a senior, but uh, and your sister Alex is a senior. But you have yourself as a junior, uh, Christina Manzanares, uh, she's a junior. I mean, you've got some really talented players on this team that that are going to give you a chance next year to also compete for that league title. Yeah, I think our future is bright and it's super exciting, but it's also sad that those seniors are leaving this year. I mean. I feel like they play a super big role on our team, and we all just love them to death. Bren Wagner of the Central Girls Basketball Team joining us. I mentioned last year that uh, you went to went twenty and five and uh, lost in the playoffs last year. How how much of a of a lasting I guess uh, memory is that of last year when you guys were in the playoffs and you went over to Roosevelt and and you lost by nineteen? That's had to stick with you throughout this offseason, right? That. Boy, you yeah. want to, boy, you love to get Roosevelt again down the road, maybe in the in the postseason, or just that that's you don't want your season to end at that spot in the postseason again this time around. Yeah, that has that game has just stuck with me. I think we learned so much from that. Those girls were bi- were big, and honestly, they outworked us. They were good players, but um, I feel like we yeah we've gained so much from that, and we're more mature from that. So. That game, even though it hurt, I think it made us so much stronger. Bren Wagner, the Central Girls basketball team with us, our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week after her performance against Pueblo County. And um, I have to ask you one, one more thing about your dad. Uh, what's the <laughs> thing you, you know, talk about how you guys like to score off shooting threes, but what's the thing maybe as a basketball player that you have that you take with you every day at practice, that you've learned from him, that, that kind of carries over every day when you're on the floor? Um, one thing my dad's just always taught me is just to work hard. I think when you come off the court after a game and you don't feel like you've done everything you can, like you feel guilty. So I always just try to work hard. Um, um, my dad is a really hard worker and I look up to him a lot. So I think, yeah, that's one thing I've learned is just to always be the hardest worker. 
um, I mean, I'm small, and um, so, and maybe my, you know, like, skills, there's some skills that I lack, so I have to be a hard worker to um, compete with bigger girls. So, a couple final questions here. Who is the funniest teammate that you have? Who makes everybody laugh all the time? Definitely Christina. <laughs> what does she do? Does she does she have jokes? Does she impersonate people? What what does she do that makes her so funny? Oh yeah, Christina has jokes. Oh yeah, always playing mess. She's so funny. Love being around her. Who's the messiest teammate? Like in the locker room, the, the locker stuffs all over the place. Who's who's maybe the messiest teammate? I would definitely say Christina again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, funniest yeah. and messiest on the team. <laughs> one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, of course, we'll have coverage of uh, the Central Girls coming up uh, tomorrow uh, right here on the team. They take on uh, Carbon County, Utah pregame at 245 for that one. Uh, Brett, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming on, and congratulations on being our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Thank you. Take care. Bryn Wagner of the uh, Central Girls basketball team, just a junior for that team. It seems like she's been playing forever mm-hmm. for... Uh, Mary Doan out there. You know the shooting contest I'd like to see? Maybe not so much Bryn against Taylor, but pair one of the Wagners with Taylor and the other one with Mary. See, you know, a little two-on-two. Oh, just, coach just, against player. on Coach and player on each team. So it's playing two-on-two, yeah. not necessarily shooting Not necessarily threes, a but. shooting contest, but or maybe a team shooting contest because Mary could fill it up. Yeah, Mary's a good player. On the court, too. Yeah, you know? she, played, she played at Fort Lewis. I mean, yeah, so I, there's outstanding that. high school basketball player, and she was at Palisade as well. Yeah, that'd be an interesting matchup. Yeah, that'd be fun to see. All right, and, uh, of course, we want to thank the folks at Scotty's Complete Car Care Center. If you're looking at anything done to your car, truck, or SUV, stop by Scotty's today, 437 Pitkin Avenue, and you can call them at 970-241-0101. If your heater's not working, got transmission problems, you name it, they'll take care of it at Scotty's Complete Car Care Center. All right, hour three coming up on the program. Text or call us today, 970-242-1340. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. It's the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.